Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Okay, emotional entrepreneurs, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Scout Sobel, and I am so excited for this episode because I feel as if it's a topic that not a lot of entrepreneurs and service-based agency owners talk about. And yet it is a topic that not only applies to the entrepreneur or the business owner, but also applies to your team if you do have a service-based business. So this episode is going to be covering how to emotionally handle client work. Because in the beginning of starting my agency, Scouts Agency, for those who are new, I run Scouts Agency, which is the leading agency in running female podcast tours for women, which essentially means that we are the best at getting women as guests on podcasts as a PR strategy. When I started Scouts Agency, I was shocked at how emotionally difficult client work was. And of course, over the last three and a half years, I have become much better in this arena. I have gone through all of the initiations that are necessary to go through when it comes to working with clients. And then I hired a team and now I help and support and manage my team to help them manage our clients. But it really is a conversation that has probably had more behind closed doors than um, out in the public which is that client work can be really difficult to emotionally handle. It is a very sensitive relationship that can cause you, quite quite honestly, to be very, very stressed. Uh, a lot of my friends who also own agencies, we talk about all this time, how do you manage this client? How do you approach this situation? How do you get out of this sticky situation? How do you set expectations, which I also recorded a whole episode about how to manage and set client expectations. So I also highly recommend going back and listening to that episode. But at the end of the day, managing client work is highly emotional and nobody really talks about it. If you think about your personal life in general, 
relationships can get sticky and difficult and communication is key and expectations are key and you don't want anyone to be mad at you or whatever it is that you have in your personal relationships. And then you realize that that is such a big topic in all of our lives. And then you kind of move it over into client-based work and that topic of conversation. There is no one here to really navigate it. So I wanted to record an episode that is almost like this all-encompassing guide to how to emotionally get through client work, how to prep yourself to be strong, to understand your worth, to not fall into people-pleasing tendencies, to reframe your relationship to stress, and to really understand what boundaries and showing up in your full personal power as well as in the full expression of the value that you add to the contract. So This is an episode, yes, for entrepreneurs who have a client-based business or a service-based business, but entrepreneurs, send this to your team. This is going to be so impactful and imperative for them. I remember when I had one of my first employees, she was really struggling with how to manage her time when it came to clients or how to manage expectations or how to deal with the pressure that she felt to bring them in consistent results and to make them happy, et cetera. And I was talking to one of my mentors about it. And she said, you know, that's just the initiation of client work. Like we all have to go through moments where we're so stressed with our relationship with our clients or with our workload with clients or with our emotional bandwidth with clients in order for us to walk out on the other end and feel really competent and strong as a service-based provider. Whether you are an account manager or a director of clients or the entrepreneur, the owner, whatever seat you sit in, having a client-based business requires a certain level of initiation, a certain emotional resilience and strength that only comes from walking through certain fires internally. And this doesn't mean that you have to make mistakes with your clients to feel this, I, in the beginning, was running my agency and not making mistakes and yet was miserable for months because of the emotional, almost like the emotional punishment I was giving myself, the insecurities, the anxiety, the stress. And I've seen some of my team members go through it. I've seen other friends who have team members in this industry go through it. And I was realizing, you know, we all get to a point where client work can either swallow us whole or we emerge really strong and know how to manage and dance within a relationship that is so fruitful at the end of the day when two people, two parties come together in a business relationship that is in alignment. So this episode is going to go through my experience and how I have felt calm and confident and strong within client work because it was not always this way. And then I'm going to go through some tips and tricks for anyone who is feeling very stressed out by either people-pleasing, by managing expectations, by feeling like they're never doing enough for their clients or how to turn it off, all of those things we're going to go over. So so consider this your emotional guide to client work so that you and your team can get stronger, be more fulfilled, and be fucking confident and competent in your job. Okay, so let's take it back to 2019 when I started Scouts Agency It was just me for about the first six or seven months of running this. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or have heard me on other podcasts or follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel, you know that in the beginning, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. 
Scout's agency was started very informally with a media kit that I had made up. I drafted up these services. I had the idea that being a guest on a podcast was going to be the new form of PR. I had never worked in a PR agency before. I had never worked in a client-based industry before. And I jumped in because I firsthand saw what was happening to the guests that my sister and I were having on at our podcast, OK Sis Podcast, which I started four years ago with Maddie, my sister. And I recognized that there was a major business opportunity within being a guest. I recognized that podcasts were going to be the new form of PR. And here we are three and a half years later, and they are. So when I started, though, it wasn't so buttoned up. I didn't have a business plan I emailed a thousand women to see if they would want to work with me and slowly by slowly, and however it wasn't that slow, it was pretty quick, I garnered up a roster of 10 clients and I was running 10 clients' podcast tours. And those beginning months were so beyond emotional. I was so beyond outside of my comfort zone. I was being stretched to places and limits that I did not expect to be stretched to when I decided to start this agency. I was nervous and anxious and I wanted all of my clients to love me and I wanted to go above and beyond all of their scopes so that I could prove to them and to the world that this agency was going to be successful and that I was a successful service provider. I remember those first few months, probably the first four to five months. I mean, I'm sure my husband could recount them as well. I really wasn't emotionally empowered or stable or acting out of a safe and healthy place. I wanted to prove myself so badly. And while Scout's agency started making more money per month than I was making at my day job, and then I quit my day job, so I was seeing tangible business results. I was seeing success via revenue numbers. I was insecure. I wasn't confident in myself and the service that I was providing. I knew the service had merit, but I wanted to make sure that my clients knew that I was going above and beyond for them. I mean, I remember for one of my clients, I literally worked 20 hours a week for her during one of her launches. And I definitely wasn't being compensated a part-time salary, but it was because I didn't have boundaries and I felt as if I was tied to showing up for these clients in as many ways as I could so that my business would succeed. Now, (laughs) emotionally, that was really tough, but it was such a necessary part of my evolution and my growth. I think sometimes when we are at work or we are starting a business or whenever we are doing something new, when we inevitably get stressed or emotionally distressed or don't know how to emotionally handle a certain situation, we can automatically pass that off as, okay, this isn't for me or this isn't working for me um, or maybe this isn't my path, etc. But in reality, you know, everything good and strong and all of the wisdom and lessons that we learn and everything that makes us a better entrepreneur or a better employee come from walking through moments of extreme overwhelm, stress, and anxiety. And so in the moment in 2019, it felt really all-encompassing, but I remember this moment of clarity that really, really changed my mindset and my outs and my mindset and the output that I was going to be bringing to the agency was I walked, I parked in the parking lot of my apartment complex. 
And by the elevators, there was this big mirror. And I was walking up and I clicked the button for the elevator and I looked in the mirror and I just started laughing. And this was before I was incredibly spiritual or had a deep relationship with God. And I just remember laughing and saying, of course, God, you had me start a client-based business when I am the biggest people pleaser there is. And I understood in that moment that my business was asking me on a personal development level to work on an emotional pattern that had not been serving me my whole life and was holding me back. And so I realized in that moment that the reason I started an agency was because I had to heal the people-pleasing tendencies inside. And that was my first glimpse into the emotional entrepreneur movement and philosophy. That was my first glimpse into entrepreneurship being a mirror for our greatest, greatest growth. And it was a way for me to reframe the stress that I was experiencing with client work. I recognized that I either got a handle on my emotions and became stronger in my field or else my business was going to swallow me whole. The clients were coming, I was making money, but at the end of the day, if I was anxious, depressed, crying, panic attacks, couldn't sleep, couldn't stop checking my phone, felt as if any email from a client that wasn't remotely joyous was a death sentence, there was no way that I was going to be able to build on the foundation that I was creating. There was no way that I was going to be able to capitalize on the idea that I had that was so timely and perfect. So in in that realization, I said, okay, I have to get this under control. And so I worked extremely hard over the next couple years to figure out my emotional relationship to client work, to understand boundaries and how to implement, to manage and set expectations with clients from the beginning, and to really work on the time management and emotional management of my workload. So as I started to do that, and I'm going to get to the nitty gritty of all of those things to hopefully provide value and help kickstart that healing within all of you if this is something you are struggling with. As I was very consciously working on that within my business and within myself, I started hiring a team. And then (laughs) I had to work on my people-pleasing skills when it came to my team. So I remember in the early, early, early days when I had one to two employees, now we're a team of seven, I remember each employee going through this emotional stressful period that I went through with clients when I started Scouts Agency. And I also want to preface really, really quick, this is going to be something we talk about later in the episode. But big picture is that 98% of our clients at Scott's Agency, over 150 podcast tours, have been happy with our service, with our results, and with our team. All of this emotional discomfort and turmoil and challenge really came from within and really was our inside job, my inside job that I had to do. So even if the results are beautiful on the outside, you can drive yourself crazy wanting to impress and people please and wanting to keep clients and wanting to navigate that world. So at the end of the day, this conversation has nothing to do with a client was upset, although we can go through that scenario too. 
because most of the time they're not. Um, most of the time this is self-imposed limiting beliefs or an area of our emotional landscape that we get to work on to become better entrepreneurs, better service-based providers, better directors, better account managers, better in our career, better as people, et cetera, et cetera. So back to hiring a team, both of my early employees went through a moment where they were very stressed and client work got them worked up. (laughs) And I remember as a people pleaser, back to this, wanting to take that discomfort and that stress away from them. I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, I don't want them stressed at work because if they're stressed at work, then they're going to quit and they're not going to want to work for me. And this isn't going to be the best place to work ever. And I need to alleviate this discomfort and this emotional trauma and this pain immediately. Should I let this client go? Should I take over their work? Should I do this? Should I do that? And I would go down this spiral, which is quite frankly absurd, (laughs) but also such a reflection of where I was at in my own emotional healing. And it's taken me a long time to realize that when you hire a team to manage client work, they will go through that same initiation that you went through. Their personal development things will start to mirror their discomfort when it comes to client work. And the same way I moved through that and became a stronger client-based service provider and have much better boundaries around clients and sleep at night and I'm not stressed all the time or anxious they too have to go through that. Just as my mentor told me, it's the initiation we all go through. And if you rob them of that initiation, they never have the chance to become stronger and to look within and say, okay, how do I develop the coping mechanisms to master this area of my job? And in mastering that area of their job, they master an emotional area of resilience and strength. And then they just become better in their careers overall and better people. And so... I was, you know, what's it called? (laughs) Adhering to my people-pleasing tendencies and client work, and then that matched over to the team member work. And so something that I've been working a lot on, this is for the entrepreneur and the business owner point of view, is that when your team is stressed, it's not necessarily an invitation for you to go in and fix it and remove it. It's actually an invitation to provide them with a supportive environment for them to work through these emotions so that they can feel strong and competent and capable to handle whatever comes their way in a fulfilling and aligned energy. So once I was able to be like, okay, I'm not people pleasing to the clients. And then once I was seeing in the early days of Scott's agency that some of my team members were moving through this same emotional challenge that I did, I had to come to a place of, this is the job. This is client work. Clients sign on for a certain scope of work and we deliver. And yes, there is so much subjectivity in that, right? Especially in PR or especially in creative industries. That subjectivity is where things can get really sticky. But at the end of the day, this is the job. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. And I used to have to remind myself of that all the time when I felt so emotionally discomfort. Like, this is the job I chose. This is the agency I chose. This is the work I went into. And if there's any area of my job that is causing me emotional discomfort, it is just an invitation to work on that emotional wound and insecurity and get stronger at it. And when you get stronger at it, it becomes a walk in the park. And then you can build and expand and excel and get really fucking good. 
So that is what I want for all of my team members and for any of the entrepreneurs listening who have team members and I hope are going to send this episode to their team members. I hope that's what you want for them too, to not necessarily rob them of their discomfort as they grow into the leaders and the incredible employees and team members that you know they are, but rather you get to support them in that. You get to really, really nourish them through that. And that was and is definitely my end goal. It took me a while to see a team member stressed and not feel the need to fix that moment for her. Because I know that when we rob others of their emotions, it also robs them of the strength that comes when they move through them. So I had to stop people pleasing on the client side and I had to stop people pleasing with my team members. And in that, support growth and strength and know that they are supported by me and the rest of the team. Okay, so let's go through the tangible ways to emotionally get through client work. Again, I mentioned kind of briefly that in service-based industries, um, you know, that are creative, that are PR, social media, marketing, consulting, our services that we provide are subjective. And we are the experts in our field, but that doesn't mean that our clients might have something else to say about it. How many times do you pay someone, small, one time, whatever it is, and feel like they didn't do the job they could have done. How many times does that happen to you every single day? In the world of service-based providers, it's a very, very tight dance of expectations and support and love. And so one of our core values at Scott's Agency, or three of them, are women support or women empowerment, support and warmth, which means that in all of our interactions, we show up with warmth and support. That doesn't mean that we don't show up in strength and that doesn't mean we can't set boundaries, but at the end of the day, our client communication is always, always supportive. It is empathetic. It is loving. It is coming from a good place. That doesn't mean that we aren't strong. That doesn't mean that we aren't the experts in the room. That doesn't mean that we get walked all over, but it does mean that we meet our clients on a human to human level. And that's something that I absolutely love about Scott's agency. So there's three things that I really had to identify that I think will help if you are feeling emotionally swallowed by client work. One, I've said it a million times already, but look at your people pleasing tendencies and really look at where those come from. For me, I had to dig into my childhood. I had to do work around my relationships in my personal life, in my family life. I had to really, really examine why I am such a people pleaser. And my business was really the catalyst to help and allow me to heal this part of myself. Because in the early days, I would just want to overly please my clients. And yes, that served me so much as someone with no PR agency background, with no track record. I needed those case studies. I needed those testimonies. I needed to prove to myself and to the client that I could do it and that this service was worth it and that it was the best form of PR. So all of these things that we go through do serve us. It's just a matter of when do they stop serving us? And when they stop serving us is when we get to look at the root cause of why we do what we do or why we're feeling the way we're feeling and go back and heal those parts of ourselves to emerge stronger. So people-pleasing was the thing that I told myself would take me down in this business. 
I said, if I continue to be a people pleaser, if I continue to want every single client to not just like me, but love me and have every single team member love me and every single friend love me and every single person think I'm just the best, I am literally going to get nowhere in this life because at that point I'm putting on a facade, right? So I had to really think in my client work, where am I people pleasing and how can I identify those moments and bring it back to the contract, bring it back to the scope of work, bring it back to our intentions and expectations that were set and come back to the part of my job that I agreed to do. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want to wow our clients. That doesn't mean that I don't want to, with every account, go a little bit above and beyond. I think that's what makes Scouts Agency special is that we care and we want to provide incredible results. But there's always a fine line that I now understand, and that's how does it feel inside. When you're people-pleasing, it usually feels like you're betraying yourself And when you're going a little bit above and beyond to really, really provide the best service in the game, it feels exciting and aspiring and you're up for the challenge. So check in with your body when something feels like you're doing something that isn't in alignment or you didn't, um, what's the word, you didn't agree to, um, that is an indication that you're most likely people pleasing within your business. And at the end of the day, we all have to know that our clients are coming to us with their own subset of experiences and stresses, they are also running businesses. I always say when a client comes to us stressed, it's usually because something is happening within her life or within her business that she's either experiencing fear around or anxiety around. And so when a client comes to us in any sort of state that isn't pure happiness, I no longer feel the need to people please and overcompensate and double our efforts, et cetera, in, in order to make her happy, it's, I more meet her in that human level of like, what are you afraid of? What's going on, et cetera. And in that empathetic support and warmth, it usually dissolves. We're usually able to have a beautiful conversation around it and get back on track with what we both signed up for together. Versus if I was in a people-pleasing mode, I would just over-deliver and over-deliver and over-deliver. And if you're over-delivering for every client who is quote-unquote unhappy, whether with your services or just in general, um, you're not going to be able to sign other soul-filled clients that you deserve to serve and that they need you, right? So the people-pleasing is one of the biggest things that I had to overcome. So if you are working with clients and you feel as if there is something that you want to do to go above and beyond, to either help support, to either sweeten the deal a little bit, to really show how much you care about them, that's beautiful. But if you're coming at it from, I just need them to be happy with me, I just need them to be happy with me, I just need them to be happy in general, and you're going to go against yourself by either staying up all night or overworking yourself or whatever it is, that's an indication that you're people-pleasing and that will get you nowhere as the entrepreneur or as the employee. So if you're the entrepreneur, these things are things that you get to work on internally and then implement. If you are the account manager or director or whatever role you are, this looks like communicating very clearly to your manager or your director, whoever you report to, about, hey, this part of this account isn't feeling good. What part of the scope should I be focusing on? And which part do we want to sweeten the deal? Or which part is it okay to go a little bit above and beyond for her? 
um, but I'm feeling as if I am working overly on this account and that's not feeling like A, the best use of my time or B, what the client and us signed up for mutually. So it's always about being extremely open and communicative with either the client or if you're the entrepreneur or your manager first to really get that support and hopefully you work in a business and in a, in a business that um, is open to supporting you in that way. So there's the people pleasing. Then there's the boundaries. So as an entrepreneur, I had to set boundaries and setting boundaries does not mean all the time having conversations with clients at all. Boundaries can many in many ways mean change your behavior. So there are some times when a client will email me on a weekend and I'll see it and maybe I am working that weekend, right? But I won't respond because I don't want to train my client to think that I am available on Saturday or Sundays. And so that's a really, really subtle subconscious way to set a boundary. So if you email a client on a Sunday back, which you can do every now and then. It's like not the end of the world. Sometimes I like to work on the weekends. But in the beginning especially, if you email them back on a weekend or you email them back at nine o'clock at night, sometimes or usually all the time, that subconsciously signals to the client that you are available for them 24-7, which sets up an expectation. It's the same thing with texting your friends. If you always text your friend back immediately, all of them, they will expect that you are always available and they will continue to ask you for your time no matter what time of the day it is. It's very similar to client stuff. So I had to get really clear on my boundaries. Like if they sent me something after five o'clock or whenever I closed my laptop, they were getting an answer the next day because I knew that I had to set that boundary for myself in order for them to respect that in me. In doing that, I had to get really comfortable and feel safe within my people-pleasing tendencies to not be like, okay, I have to get back to them right now because they have to know that I'm there for them. It took me a really long time to realize that clients are not your full-time boss. You do not work for them full-time. You work for them for a specific agreed-upon scope. And if the contracts are clear and all of everything is communicated properly, There is no need to go outside of your boundaries. And everyone's boundaries look differently. So think about what your boundaries are. Think about where they lie. Is it not checking your email after hours? Is it not getting back to clients on weekends? And hold those boundaries true by honoring them yourself. This isn't even a conversation you have to have with clients, right? Yes, our clients know that we are available and we get back to them quickly, but they also know that I'm not answering their emails at 2 a.m. And they also know that I'm probably not going to answer on a Saturday. Unless I want to, I do it sometimes, but I'm very cautious and conscious about the way I show up for them because you really do train your clients the same way you train your friends that they know when you're available and not available. We all have that friend who doesn't answer her text messages, so we don't expect her to. We all have that friend that answers every single fucking second, so we're probably more prone to text her a lot when we need something, right? It's the same concept. So setting up boundaries. Also, like there's, as a team member versus an entrepreneur, you know, turning off certain notifications after certain hours. You don't need your email notifications on on the weekend. You don't need your email notifications on after five. 
I've turned mine off completely just because I check mine so much. I was like, there's no need for these <laughs> to be on and just providing this constant stimulus all the time. So there's certain things you can do to make sure that you're honoring your off time, you're honoring your rest time, and you're not feeling as if you are on 24-7 call for clients at all times. The third is to always identify the big picture because specifically in our job, we like to bring in three to four podcast wins a month for our clients and that can get pretty stressful in the sense, or I shouldn't say stressful, it can feel like a pressure to bring in an opportunity every single week and that can feel as if it's like this constant weekly like sigh of relief when you get that win in many ways, but I really invite everyone who feels kind of gets very tunnel vision on a very specific instance, which I do all the time. Like sometimes I'll be very tunnel vision on a certain client, even today, or a certain opportunity or the way something is written or whatever it is. When you get into that panic tunnel vision mode, it's very important to zoom out and see the big picture. You are really there to remind the client of the big picture. There are little things that will happen in the course of your contract that might not feel on time for them, that might not feel fast enough for them, that might not feel of the best quality to them, whatever it is. And it is your job to hold the bigger picture and the bigger vision, not only for the client, but for yourself. So you don't get wrapped up in small moments that aren't actually pertinent to the bigger picture and the value that you're adding and the needle that you're moving for your client. So always come back to the big picture. We have we're, we have ways of tracking the client's overall success within an account, whether we're six weeks in, eight weeks in, 12 weeks in. Going back to the big scope versus the little detail that's stressing you out is going to bring you back to that bigger picture and remind yourself that you are on track, on time, and doing everything you can because that's the most important thing. So zoom out if you're ever too zoomed in. And then I know I said there's identifying three things, but I'm going to go for a fourth. Reframing stress. This was something I had to learn. When I felt stressed, I would say, no, 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 this is a bad thing. I shouldn't be feeling stressed. I should be aligned. I'm in my purpose. But not feeling stress is like, sorry, this is not articulate, impossible. <laughs> it's, it's as if you're saying, I never want to feel sad for the rest of my life. Jobs are stressful. Building your career can be stressful. Being an entrepreneur is stressful. Being an employee is stressful. Everything about this is stressful. Does that mean that your job 24-7 should be stressful? No, not at all. Your job should never be one emotion 24-7 at all. If you were complacent, that wouldn't be great. If you were aloof, that wouldn't be great. If you were super stoked 24-7, I'd be a little worried. I'd be like, what's going on here? So I had to really reframe my relationship to stress. And every time I got stressed, and every time I do get stressed, because I continuously get stressed, I asked myself, how is this an invitation to better manage my emotional life and my workload? How is this an invitation to re-examine what I'm doing, find where I'm out of alignment, find where I can refine certain things to help me get back to a baseline of being grounded and fulfilled? Because when we are in our purpose and when we are creating the career of our dreams, it's not supposed to always be easy. In fact, it can't always be easy or else you would never grow and you would never rise to the occasion and you would never be able to see what you're capable of. So when you're stressed, 
reframe that. Reframe what your relationship is and your connotation to that. Of course, I don't want anyone to sit in stress and we don't want to do things that just like perpetually induce stress, but it's okay if you're stressed at work one day. Not everyone, not everyone, everyone is not going to be happy and peaceful and confident and fulfilled and having an easy day every day in life. And it's the same for our jobs. So in moments when I would get stressed about client work, you know, the reality can set in that, you know, clients pay us for something and this is how we deliver and these are our systems. And business can be stressful sometimes. Building a career can be stressful sometimes. And so now when I get stressed, it's not like a ring the alarm and it's not this major like, oh no, what's wrong? I don't like this. Is this for me? I'm not good at this. It's none of that. I don't make it mean anything about my capability or my competency or my value or my services or the success of my business. I simply make it mean that I have gone off course in some way and there's an invitation to get stronger in a certain aspect of what I do. And then I look at that as a challenge. I figure it out. I get stronger. I implement the lesson and I move on. So with client work, we also have to know that we cannot make everybody happy. I have had clients that even when I communicate the expectations on our discovery call, I put them in the contract in written form and have them sign. I say it on our um, onboarding call. We write it in emails, everything, everything, everything that we believe we can do there are times when a client still isn't satisfied. Even if you showed up and then beyond some, and this is where the subjectivity of client-based, service-based work comes into. And so identifying in that client, you know, that, hey, I might just not make this person happy is such a relief. And if you're the entrepreneur, in moments like that, it's assessing, Should I let this client go? Do I need to have a conversation with them? And are they the right fit for our business? And that's a decision you and the client get to make and you get to make first. And then that conversation gets to be had. It is okay to fire clients. It's okay if a business relationship doesn't work out. Personal relationships don't work out every day. It's very similar. And then if you're a team member or you are an employee and you're running client work to ask yourself or to, I would say, to build a case and bring it to your manager and say, hey, this client seems to not be happy with everything I do or with anything I do. Here's what I've done so far. Here is how I'm meeting the goals of the contract that we signed up for with them, that we agreed upon with them. And this is the reaction that I'm getting. What do you suggest we do with this account and give it to management or leadership to then decide the best path forward? Because at the end of the day, if you did everything that you could while maintaining your boundaries, while keeping a good balance, while not overworking yourself and showing up for clients to the total, you know, and a bad side of the spectrum, if you did all that you could, if you delivered the contract, if you feel confident about your work and you've communicated and showed up every step of the way, You have to go to bed knowing that you did your job. I don't care how good you are. There will always be someone who is not happy with you. 
within the span of your career, within the span of your agency, that doesn't happen. There's not, there's not always someone that's not happy with us every single day. That's like, I'm so blessed that it's not the case. We have incredible clients and we've been able to produce some beautiful results. We've actually never gone below our average for any clients that we represented. We always, always deliver. And it's okay to know that some people, your service either isn't the right fit for, or they're never going to be happy, or you can't live up to their expectations. That is something that they are going through that you don't necessarily have to be along the ride for. And so again, as an entrepreneur, it's thinking to yourself, does this client make work? Does this client make sense to continue working with in your business, for your bottom line, for your future vision? And if you're the employee, bringing it to your management and saying, hey, here are the goals that I'm hitting. Here are the work tasks that I'm completing. And I'm sensing that this client is unhappy. Asking for guidance and showing everything that you've been able to do. And knowing, just like we say on the internet, you're not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. And the people pleaser in you will survive. And it's just an opportunity for you to give yourself more love. So, whew, I hope this episode was valuable. I feel like we just went through a very long journey together, all about client work, all about reframing our relationship to stress, all about people pleasing, all about boundaries. And the thing I want to say to the two separate people who might be listening to this to wrap this up is entrepreneurs... Your relationship to client work, your relationship to stress, your relationship to how you show up to clients is going to be the model and the umbrella for all of your team members to rise up to. So decide how you want to show up in client work. Give your team the boundaries they deserve. Give them the tools that can support them through the emotional challenges of this. And if you are a team member, really think about your workload Think about the tasks, think about the contract, think about the scope of work. And if you are doing everything that you can and you are still feeling a misalignment or you are feeling as if you're not producing enough results or if you're feeling as if something is going wrong with a client and you don't eternally feel good about it, take the evidence to your manager, create the case, show them what you're doing, feel really good in all that you're doing and maintain your own boundaries and don't bend over backwards because at the end of the day, that's not going to help anybody either. So entrepreneurs, provide that supportive space for your team to come with you, to come to you and team members and employees. You can get through the emotional discomfort of client work and you will emerge so much stronger. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd be so honored if you would leave the podcast, a five-star rating and a review takes less than 90 seconds and it's a beautiful free way to support the show and this community. And if you liked this episode, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Scout Sobel. I'll repost because uh, I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing which episodes resonate. And this one was definitely a longer, more specifically value-packed episode, which I love to do. So with that, thank you so much for being here. I am always honored and grateful, as you know, and I will see you next week.